This is 2020. 2020. 2020. 2020. His first career playoff goal. And it breathes life into the flames. Well, I said I need a teacher, someone who could show me the parts. But maybe I could teach you, we're gonna have to go from the stars. Monday, January 6th, 2020, this is the Laced Up Hockey Podcast, and I am, uh, I'm James Cole, still, as I was last week. Do you know that Todd Phillips was a writer on Borat? Where, huh. What did you have to write? I thought it was all... Just improv. I thought it all just happened. Yeah. That's not a, that's not a real documentary? No. I don't think so. I got, uh... Had some research to do, I guess. I, I don't know. I did not see him at any of the Kazakhstan games this past uh, no, two weeks. So. No, Borat or Todd Phillips. Either. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm Bruce Vitaglia from. I almost said TSN, but I'm actually from the North Side. That would be quite the promotion. Uh, yeah. Well, wow. I would have been at the Kazakhstan games then. Yeah. I would have enjoyed that. Yeah. Did uh, I didn't even see? Did Kazakhstan get relegated today? They did. They did. Yeah. Yeah. What Six was the score? Nothing shutout. Yeah. I mean Germany. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if maybe they went out and partied the night before that game the other day, but uh, they tossed the third stringer in net. Just ah, give here, him a game. We, we brought you. Give him a game. Yeah, yeah he made. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, I know you traveled all this way. You took the 13 minute flight from Germany to be here. So yeah. uh, flight, eh? Yeah, not the hour train ride. I was gonna say, or the hour walk across the border, maybe. But there you go. Yeah, it takes more time to get the plane in the air, and then you got to circle it around to get it on the runway at proper mm. speed, right? So yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Um, this is uh, this is our second episode of the new uh, decade. Yeah. And, second episode uh, of the week, really, depending on yeah, how your well, your true. calendar works. I guess yeah. I don't know. Um, Pretty cool. Just churning out content. What's wrong with that? For the people, there can never be too much, right? Yeah. Exactly. Right. Um, <laughs> if we, well, if we just do two hours a day, will you people listen to it? Ooh, I am not down. I know. I know like three people that listen to this while they do their desk job, so it's like we'll release it on Monday morning and it's out by like 10 a.m. and by like 1 o'clock they've listened to it and they just gotta wait for a week. Hmm. And I don't know if that's a hard week for them or not without more of us, but... I'm glad to know we're helping the Monday blues, you know? It's... Yeah. Well, one uh, one way we're going to help out, too, because we actually are churning out a little bit more content than normal this month, is because we are doing our bonus episode for the Oscar predictions, I guess, I don't know, 
end of the month, probably. Haven't set a date yet. Probably be before the Oscars, I would imagine. Um, so, look for that. And we swear we recorded this a while ago. It's like February 23rd and Just we're putting it up. Nailing yeah. every pick. Oh, yeah. I um, So, I, I do have to t- tell you, it is Oscar season, finally. Um, snuck up on us. Feel like I just stopped saying that, and now it's it's snuck up on us again. Um, February 9th is the special day this year. Have you started um, prepping? I don't even know what's nominated. I'm not gonna lie to you. Well, nothing uh, yet. But nothing. Okay. Have you started watching anything that's at least in the conversation? <laughs> We're watching the Golden Globes right now. Have you seen any of these films that they've mentioned tonight? I've seen Joker. Okay. I've seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's a good I've start. Seen the Irishman. Uh, okay. I've seen two of the three. Yeah. So you might be beating me so far Ooh, this year. Yeah. I haven't seen Joker yet. I'm supposed to go see 1917 on, on this, this this Friday coming up. Okay. I um, I did go see Star Wars, which I'm assuming is going to get some sort of yeah, visual some sort of effects. special effects yeah. or something, I'm sure, yeah. So, I don't know. Thoughts? Gonna, Thoughts on Star Wars? You know what? And and I've heard a lot of a lot of takes both ways. I, I, I know some people that hated it. I know some people that loved it. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't I know think some, I heard anything that bad. Oh, I, I, I'm hearing people say it's the worst film in the, in the saga. Um, wow. Yeah. I, I think they kind of backed themselves into a bit of a corner based on the film that came before it with uh, with Ryan Johnson as the director. And uh, Never even heard of him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't mind the film. It wasn't my favorite. There were some things I really didn't like about it. But at the end of the day, I, I acknowledge the fact that this Star Wars as a as a cultural thing, you were never going to please everybody. And no. at the end of the day, they did what they thought was best for the you know to wrap this up. And I commend them for that. It was a, a difficult task. Um, I I love. The, I love the series. I'm, I'm a big fan of you know the, the whole idea, the, the stories, the, the spin-off movies, the shows they're doing. I, I love it all. It was sad to see it come to an end. It was uh, emotional at times. I'm not going to lie to you. It was. I got choked up a few times in the in the theater. But uh, it was fine. At the end of the day, that's. I think that's the best I can I can do for it. Is I, I acknowledge where they where they were, where they had to go, and how they got there just wasn't the way I would have gone. Okay. Yeah. Maybe you should direct a Star Wars movie then. We'll see how that goes. I don't think so. No? No, I, I don't I don't think I'd be very good at that. Why well, care to begin um analyzing why you wouldn't be? Ooh. Um I'm really not great at giving people like stern like you need to do this. Sure. Yeah. Which sounds weird because I do have like managerial responsibilities at my job, but yep, not not a good quality. No, not a good uh, quality to have. I don't know. I, I just I think it's it, it'd be too overwhelming. You know, I could be like a a gaffer or you know a, a best boy maybe. I don't think I can direct. What does a best boy do? I think he's just like a, a utility guy. Like, you know, we need. So he's just an assistant, really. Kind of like, hey, we need we need new light bulbs. Okay, I'll get the light bulbs, and then. We need someone to hold this sheet in the background. Okay, I'll hold the sheet in the background. And Tom Hanks needs a sub. Okay, I'll, I'll get Tom Hanks a sub. And but he only likes that place in Santa Barbara, so you got to drive like four hours because you don't really like hanging out with the best boy. He's a pain in the ass. You want him out of the studio for the day, maybe. Probably. Yeah. Brings the sub back after uh, after the eight-hour trip there and back from Santa Barbara and 
forgot to get no onions, so they got to send him back. What do you mean Tom's allergic to onions? He's not allergic per se. He just, he doesn't like them. Never heard of a person being allergic to onions. Yeah, well, Tom's famous, you know? Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> you're allergic to things. That's, uh, that's saying something. They, um, they make his eyes water. We've never really been diagnosed, but... Yeah, he was a little watery today, too. Maybe it? he had some onions at the Golden yeah, Globes. Yeah, well, you know, I don't know what they had for dinner. Maybe it was liver and onions. Mm. I don't know. This is an old awards show. Old, Not old. as old as the Oscars, but still pretty old. Not as old as the people running it, either. Ooh. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Not, uh, you know what, you know what I think is nice too, because people haven't started uh, to boycott the Golden Globes yet, still lots of stars presenting. I found at the Oscars last year, I didn't know like 70% of the people going up there. I'd be like, yeah, here's the best actress category, and it's like, yeah, who are you though? You know? Okay. You gotta know the presenters a lot of the time, I think. Don't they usually just bring the the most previous winner out to give the best Not, actress and best actress? Well, may, maybe bad example for the category, okay. but like most of the awards, I didn't know who it was. For best special effects, here is Tony Patchworth. I'm going to say like top six like notable person last year doing like a, a presentation was Jason Momoa, who I would not say is like that notable. Pretty big star now, really has not a large body of work though. Has a large, large body, body, though. Yeah. Huh. That joke wrote itself. You got it. Um, so, yeah, you, you haven't really watched anything recently? Uh... No, I'm a little behind. I, I um, You know, Marriage Story's been on Netflix for like a month, and I'm told i got to watch that. I haven't even thought about sitting down to watch it quite yet. Do you like Adam Driver? I do. Okay. I do. Okay. Yeah. Um, he was really good in Star Wars. I, I, I will add that. Uh, that's not good. Not to go back to that too much. He but. he is a... You know what I think it is? I don't even know if he's a good actor, but I think you think he's going to be so bad just Maybe. because of the everything about him. Well, yeah. The way he looks, the way he talks. The, but the, he's the actually a good actor. two films in like, Star Wars like, that he was in, it wasn't great. Yeah, okay. But he really like, Shine, came he into his own on this last one. Okay. So. Yeah, that's, no, I'm, a, I'm in. I yeah. thought he was great in Black Klansman. I really enjoyed Ooh, yeah, him in Black he's in Klansman. That. Yeah, I forgot about he that. is, yes, yeah. very integral actually. Mm, yeah, um, big, yeah, big fan. I, I yeah, I, I like him. I, th- I think he's great. I like Scarlett Johansson, so I have no reason not to see that movie. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm not quite as jazzed for 1917 as you are. I'm 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 down to watch it because I'm going to have to. But like, I, it it doesn't really move the needle for me that much by the trailers i am excited though that colin firth is in it i'm a big fan yeah the king's speech you know what like it's got a really good cast but it's it's like a supporting cast that's really impressive like the main driving the bus yeah the main characters they're like they're more or less like newcomers to the scene but it's got a really deep cast of guys behind the you know direct focus of the film it's i'm excited like you know like you mentioned colin firth and I, i think benedict Cumberbatch is in there somewhere, and I think so. Yeah, it it, it looks like it's gonna do well, if if I'm being honest. But mm-hmm. I'm excited. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm happy for you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, so yeah, we're gonna be having uh, more Oscars content, I guess, moving forward here for the next month. Yeah, we'll let you know when that bonus episode is. Uh, we should have a guest um, to help with our predictions, and I I'm pretty sure you all know who that is, but I'm just not gonna say. Mm-hmm. Quite well, yet. We get, we get four episodes, five if you want to count the night of the Oscars, but you know, but until until the night. So mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll have a lot of uh, 
A lot of different top tens coming at you. Yeah, and, I guess uh, we'll need to do that sooner rather than later, too, because you want it out before the Oscars. Ideally, yeah. People can, like yeah. I said, you don't want to yeah. do it after. Probably be like a weeknight toward the end of a week. I like how we're just kind of picking a night as we go right now. How, how does January 23rd sound? I don't know. Probably, I didn't even look at the date on, ask uh, your guests first. on the thing. What is that? That's a Thursday. There you go. All right. Yeah. Well, we'll say January 23rd. How about that? Okay. Doesn't that sound great? Sure. I have to watch uh, about 30 movies in the next 18 days, so that should be interesting. Good luck, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have a quiz for you. I see that. Yeah. Um, the Name that person is back. We haven't had an opportunity to do this in a while. And it's I figured, uh, yeah, it's been a while. And I figured what better time to do it than in the dead of January when there's not a ton going on. We do have some hockey topics to get to, some interesting things. I'm excited to talk about some of these things. But, uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, so you quiz away and I will fail. This is, uh, this is uh, like, if you haven't heard this one before, this is as easy as it gets. I have a question for James... I'm going to give him four choices. He has to name the person that I'm looking for. I'm looking for one specific person here. You ready, James? I I believe I am. Well, since the Winter Classic just passed us here, we're a few uh, days removed from this year's Winter Classic, the lowest television ratings of all time, that is. Uh, I'm curious if you are aware of the player who scored the first goal in the first ever Winter Classic in 2008. I'm looking for a... uh, Sabres and Penguins. I'm looking for a penguin here. Okay. Is it A, Sidney Crosby? You know, the the penguin. He scored the last goal that game, I can tell you that. He certainly did. Was it B, Sportsnet analyst Colby Armstrong? Was it C, the one of the best shootout shooters of all time, Eric Christensen? Or was it D... One of the most ripped off of an award players of all time, Chris Letang. He got gypped. I'm going to go with Colby Armstrong. That is a good guess. Uh, you would be correct in guessing it. Colby Armstrong scored, uh, I don't have it here. I'm going to say seven minutes into the game. Sure. Okay. Seven. Yeah, it was first period. First ten minutes, I think. So, there you go. Nailed works, it. Works for me. Uh, number two, James. Uh, you're one for one. With Mike Riley getting traded to the Ottawa Senators, who is the only other player to ever be traded from the Montreal Canadiens to the Ottawa Senators? It's only happened once ever. Was it A, former Hab Benoit Brunet? Is it B, former Hab, they're all former Habs, I'm just going to keep saying it, former Hab Andreas Dackel? Is it C, former Hab Tom Pyatt? Or is it D, former Hab... Patrick Traverse. So going from Ottawa to Montreal? I mean, that's the way I phrased it, but actually the only other player to have been traded one way or another between those two teams. But he was traded from Montreal to Ottawa in this instance. Okay, so I know it's not Pyatt. You said Brunet? Benoit Brunet. Dackel. Dackel. Pyatt. And Traverse. I'm going to go with Dackel. It is Andreas Dackel. You are two for two. Andreas Dackel, former Hab, former Sen. No other facts about him, really. Yeah. I, Good player, though. Swedish, I guess. That's He is. Yeah, that's yep. a fact. I hope he's doing well. Yeah. Oh, I wish all the best to Andreas yeah. Dackel. Oh, I always like Dackel. Didn't have a problem with him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he never 
elbowed anyone on the Leafs that I can recall. So, uh, number three. I feel like it's a good opportunity for you to go three at th- three for three here. I feel like this is one of the ones going into it. I think you know the answer, but I few- threw a few curveballs in here. Who is the first coach in the history of the Tampa Bay Lightning? Is it A, Terry Crisp? Is it B, George Kingston? Is it C, Jim Schoenfeld? Have another donut, Jim Schoenfeld. Or is it D, NBC analyst Joe Micheletti? I think it's Crisp. It is Terry Crisp. Uh, Kingston was the first coach of the Sharks. Uh, no. Was it the Sharks? I don't know. It was one of those other expansion teams. Um, Schoenfeld, I believe, was with another team. And Joe Micheletti was an assistant coach for that team. Hmm. Yeah, okay. I didn't know Joe Micheletti ever coached. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that. Pretty cool. Yeah. He's a good guy, I guess. So, You are three for three, James. Starting off 2020 on... Uh, wow. On a good note here. Don't get comfy, kids. But here comes everyone's favorite cat. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's just career total games played for the other seven. Um, who holds the record for assists in a season by a left winger? The NHL record for assists in a season by a left winger. Is it A, Paul Correa? Is it B, Michel Goulet? Is it C, Mats Nasland? Or is it D, Joey Juneau? Former Hab. That is quite the list. Yeah. 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 Wow. <laughs> I'm sitting here waiting for, like, Robitaille. Like, I know he's a right winger, but I'm, like, I'm waiting for one of those types well, of Well, Robitaille games. was a left winger. But he did not record the number of assists that this person did. Can you give me the number of assists? It is 70. Wow. Yeah, it's not Korea. You know what's kind of crazy in all, in all this, too, is there were seasons where Mark Messier, as far as the NHL is concerned, was a left winger. Mm. And in none of those seasons, on Gretzky's left wing, <laughs> did he get 70 assists. Okay, so... Goulet, Naslin, and who was the last one? Uh, Joey Juno. Huh. Former Hab. Yeah. I'm going to go Joey Juno. It is Joey Juno. Yeah. I don't know why, but he is one of my like favorite early 2000s players. I just liked him. That is a wild stat. Yeah, pretty I cool. I never would have thought that. Good career for him. I guess so. He has an NHL record. Huh. <laughs> you are four for four, my guy. Who represented the Atlanta Thrashers at the 2000 All-Star Game? I think I know this. Is it A, Dean Sylvester? Is it B, Ray Ferraro? Is it C, Peter Buzek? Or is it D, owner of Winnipeg Pub, Shannon's, Daryl Shannon? It's Peter Buzek. It is Peter Buzek. Yeah. yeah. As uh, Down Goes Brown wrote an article a few years ago about the... uh, the worst players to ever play in the All-Star game, and he had like a little bit of a breakdown, the qualifications, the category. Um, The qualifications of him making the All-Star game, as he put it, he had a pulse and could successfully convert oxygen into carbon dioxide. Other than that, you got me. (laughs) Uh, Peter Buzek, (laughs) former 
NHL All-Star. You're 5 for 5, James. Could you go 10 for 10? Not a chance. Well, that'd be, well I guess we'll see. Uh, who had... Well, this isn't an easy one, I don't think. You either know this already or I don't know if you're going to... I don't know how you're going to figure it out if you don't know already. Uh, who had the most power play points in the 1990s? Ooh. Is it A, Brett Hull? Is it B, Wayne Gretzky? Is it C, Joe Sackick? Or is it D, Raymond Bark? Raymond Bark. I should uh, say so people hear what I'm saying. That is a fantastic question. I don't think it's Gretzky. Stuck between Bork and Sackick, if I'm being honest. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Because my guess would have been Hull. Yeah, I never took him for a power play guy. I could see why people would make that assumption. I'm going to go Ray Bork. It is Ray Bork. You have passed name that person with six for six to start. Um, just so you are aware, Ray Bork had five more points than Brett Hull. Wow. Uh, Brett Hull had 176 power play goals alone in the 1990s, which is uh, a good number for Guess sure. I got lucky there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but Ray Bork, I forget the number. I believe it was 363, somewhere around there. Um, yeah. Yeah, I almost left Gretzky off, but I couldn't think of who else to put in his place. So, yeah, and I figured Gretzky would throw people off at home if you're playing along. So there you go. Which I'm sure you're not. Um, well, I guess it's just fun time now, a little bit of garbage time. And what's interesting about this is now that the World Juniors have ended, we have entered the World Junior leg of the podcast. Okay. Um, well, of the quiz, I guess. Anyway, so I guess I'll, I'll get to know how well you know your World Junior trivia. Mm. Uh, it is all Canada related. All four questions are about Canada. So I am curious to see how well you know your Canadians. Um, the seventh question in the first of the World Junior leg is, who was the last Canadian goaltender to win World Junior Goalie of the Tournament? Uh, as Joel Hofer won today, who was the person most recently to win it before him? Was it A, Carter Hart? Is it B, Carey Price? Is it C, Zachary Fucali? Or is it D, Steve Mason? I believe it's Steve Mason. It's Steve Mason in 2008. 2008 was the last time. Czech Republic. Uh, Fucali and Hart, both great goaltenders. But, uh, well, at the World Juniors anyway. I don't know what Fucali's up to these days other than the Spengler Cup. Uh, In 2007, uh, in the epic semifinal shootout of Canada vs. USA... Who was the only Canadian shooter to shoot and not score in the shootout? This is the Jonathan Taves year. This is Jonathan Taves year. Okay. He did score. Okay. Uh, you are incorrect. No. <laughs> um, is it A, Sam Gagne? Is it B, Steve Downey? Is it C, Andrew Cogliano? Or is it D, most ripped off player of the 2010s, Chris Letang? The only guy that didn't score trying to think like i i wouldn't expect cogliano to shoot at all in those first few i'm gonna go downey steve downey shot and did not score uh andrew cogliano shot and did score um as you will remember andrew cogliano was expected to be a pretty good offensive player and did not turn out yeah um yeah Hmm. well there you go steve downey you're eight for eight this 
I yeah, this is I. You might go ten for ten here. I'm not gonna lie. I got a good feeling for you. Yeah, blow it in the last one. Uh, number nine, Dana Tyrrell was replaced by who on Team Canada's 2009 World Junior Team? Was it A. Zach Boychuk? Was it B. Vander Kane? Was it C. Brett Sonny? Or was it D. Jamie Ben? Believe it was a Vander Kane. Was he Vander Kane who uh, wore a cage in that tournament because he was too young? You're 9 for 9. 10 for 10. Can you do it with what I would consider? It, you? This is another one. You either know it or you don't. If you don't know it, I think this is the hardest question you're getting. Um, who is the only forward to play in two full tournaments for Team Canada, win two gold medals without recording a single point? The only forward? Mm-hmm. Holy. Ever. Uh, is it A, Dan Bertram? Is it B, Stephen Dixon? Is it C, Daniel Paye, or is it D, Ryan O'Mara? Yeah, wow, that is, uh, I don't know it, I'm just going to kind of... This is one of my favorite facts, yeah. like hockey facts ever, I, I had to throw it in there. I'm, I'm going to just lob one out there and say Bertram. It is Dan Bertram, James, you are <laughs> 10 for 10. Uh... Fun fact about Dan Bertram, he retired about a year after his second gold medal from hockey entirely and is now a chartered financial analyst in Calgary, Alberta. Good for Dan Bertram. Good for James Cole, uh, who uh, apparently got more answers right in this quiz than the entire year combined of all quizzes is what it feels like. Good for you. Thanks, man. Is that our first immaculate quiz in I, the history of Laced Up? I believe so. That's pretty I've cool. I've never done it. Um, I don't know if you have, but... The, it was such a down week that I gave James all the answers ahead of time just so we would have something interesting yeah, in this week's to me episode. while you're asking yeah. me, yeah. So yeah. that's Laced Up for this week. Yeah. Uh, fun. Thanks. <laughs> I want to thank uh, Tom Hanks. Um, I'd like to thank my producer, my agent, of course, um... The countless books my parents got me over the years, uh, my hockey trivia knowledge would be nothing without them. So, Yeah, all those books about Dan Bertram. <sighs> yeah. I almost left Freddie Goche in there, but I figured you knew that he had not won two gold medals. So I knew he uh, appeared twice. Yes. And had won, and I believe he had a point in the second year. Uh, he, he had two points, actually, as a world junior. But yeah, uh, Dan Bertram, the only forward to uh, ever appear... It was funny, that question changed a couple times, so I was going to ask you who was the only player to not appear in a, in an NHL game from that roster, that super team in 2005, Yeah. and the, I didn't know this, there's actually two, I thought there was only one, but the other one was Sasha Pokaluk, actually never played a game, I know you know the name, former first rounder of the Washington Capitals, he never played a game in the NHL, I figured he got a cup of coffee at did, some point, did, but he never did. Did Colleton play? Uh, yeah. I, I didn't think he made it. Yeah, either. Jeremy Colleton, and then uh, Omara was on that team. Yeah. And there were there were a couple other guys that were good prospects when they were younger that never turned out. Hmm. Um, well, a fun fact I learned, I guess, while we're talking about the World Junior, that's, what, that's our next topic, isn't it, right? I believe so. That's what we're doing. Yeah. So, one thing I was researching, just while we're taking a little trip down memory lane before we get into this year, um, I did not realize that Nigel Dawes was such a good player at the World Juniors for Team Canada. I always remembered the name, yeah. and I knew that there was a reason I remembered the name. I didn't know he had 17 points in his 12 games yeah, he, as a uh, World Junior. Great, great player. and I, I, He's one I always like hoped would turn out. And mm-hmm. he, he played, I'm going to say, 100, 200 games in the NHL, somewhere yeah. in there. But I remember thinking the Rangers had a real 
prospect there when was he I th- was he Rangers? I thought he was Flames when he played there, but uh, he definitely played for the Rangers and Flames at some point. I thought he was but... drafted by the Rangers, but I could yeah, be wrong. Either way, yeah, yeah. Um, World Jays, cool. we're on top. Gold medal Sunday, we're on top again. Uh, your boy here called it uh, every game, called it. So not that it, not that there were that many games to call, I guess really. But no. yeah, no, no I, I I nailed it. Yeah, you know, I, I did you you watched the gold medal game today? Oh, did I? Yeah, yeah. What did you do? Uh, well, so my my girlfriend had uh, an open invite to whoever wanted to come Ooh, watch the juniors at her place. And as of last night, there was about eight of us that were going to be there. So we got up this morning and we went and did some grocery shopping. And uh, at the end of the day, it was just uh, her, myself, and John that showed up. So had food for eight. Former guest of the podcast, John Chosick, yeah. making an appearance today. So that, that was my experience. <laughs> well, kind of glad I didn't get the invite now. John. Wow. John was there all day. Um, Did you enjoy the game? It was a good game. Um, And and I say that with the belief, like, midway through the third, that we were going to lose. I remember thinking, like, this this is a good game, regardless. I gotta tell you, like, I know I already made this point, but, like, it it was one of those teams, man, even while they were losing, I'm just like, yeah, I don't don't buy it. I think we're going to win still. Uh, For some reason, this was one of those years I just had endless faith in this roster. I don't don't know why. Um... There were a lot of weak points, I think, to the roster, but there was just something about the team that felt kind of, you know, magical in a way. I don't really know how to describe it, but, you know, I I, I love the tournament. I like seeing the emotions of the kids. I, I think it's great. Well, the kids, but I mean, you know, I think that this is the ultimate hockey tournament. You know, like you grow up your whole life playing tournaments, getting up early, going to the rink, all this uh, effort and everything, and, and this is the tournament that you want to be in. You know, this is the 10-day, just winner-take-all, like, you gotta win every game kind of thing, and and Canada pulled it off, and I I think it's great. There's a history in this tournament of, you know, when a team plays someone in the round robin and meet them again in the medal round, that it's harder to to win because that other team's gonna have your number. There's such a smaller degree of separation between these higher-end countries like Canada and Russia and, and USA and Sweden that... You know, it becomes so difficult to win. And that, I think, adds to the moment. You know, that adds to what makes it such an interesting tournament. And today, I think, was as good of a gold medal game as you can ever ask for. Like, it was great. You know, you don't see as many 5 6 nothing blowouts as you did in the mid-2000s with your, with your Taves and Price-era teams of Canada that were just fucking ridiculous. You know, like, um, most of the finals are pretty close nowadays. And if they're not close at one point, they find a way to... To, to even up, you know, by the end of the game. Uh, I thought it was great. Like, I thought it was everything you could ask. I thought I thought the medal round, every everything about this year's tournament was great. The host checks were unbelievable yeah. uh, in terms of, you know... Hats off to the, to the hosts. Seems sure. like they did an unbelievable job. I've never seriously considered going overseas as much as I am right now to go see a tournament in two years in, uh, obviously, Siberia. Yeah, I, oh wait, it's Sweden in two years. Oh no, yeah. I don't want to go to Sweden. Why would I want to go to Gothenburg? I, I, I will not be going to uh, Novosibirsk, uh, <laughs> Siberia. This week on uh, where is laced up in the world? Uh, Novosibirsk uh, is home to about one point <laughs> six million people, and Come on. Uh, is the largest Asian Russian city, third largest in Russia. 
um, and is also known for its world-renowned zoo. So, go check out the zoo Tigers? in Siberia, I would imagine. Siberian huskies? I, I sure hope so. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, uh, Canada, with the big comeback uh, win, we should add three goals in just over seven minutes. You know, not, what was, not quite. You know what was cool? Is, like, I can't remember the last time where a guy like Tyler Steenburgen gets the game-winning tournament goal, like a few years ago when he played a minute and a half that game, somehow gets out there in the last, like, two minutes after basically not playing the entire game. It scores the winning goal. Everyone goes nuts. And Akil Thomas plays, like, five minutes today yeah. and gets the winning goal. Only out there if, because Hayton was hurt. If you would have told me that Akil Thomas didn't play today, I would have believed you. Yeah. Because I, I'm no offense to the kid, didn't see him the entire game. Not that I was watching it that close. I was working yeah. today, but I did see most of it. Well, he, he was a guy that came in uh, when uh, Hayton got hurt in uh, the semifinal game. Mm-hmm. And they talked about, you know, his role moving forward and, you know, how important it was going to be for him to slot in today with everyone expecting that Barrett Hayton wouldn't suit up. Right. And uh, Hayton takes a bump near the end and, and he's out and, and, and Akil Thomas hops over the boards on the top line uh, with Lafreniere and uh, just splits the D, goes down. Uh, a, a play that I, I thought... Um, the Russian goalie uh, Miftikov should have had like that. That was close enough to him where I thought. What was his name? Mif- Miftikov. Miftikov. Yeah. yeah, that tells you everything you need to know about him because he miffed on the fucking save. The puck was coming close enough to the net where you, you should be out there playing it, and allowed Thomas to get in real tight, and just to, just the the poise and the, and the presence of mind to get the puck under control and find a hole when you're less than a foot away from the guy. It was a phenomenal play. Um, one that the Russians were complaining about goalie interference. That's how close the guy was when yeah. he gets the puck. So you're right, though. It was definitely that that Steenberger like feeling where this guy hops over the boards and and almost a, a Wade Belak Joe Bowen moment where it's like Akil Thomas score. Akil Thomas was on the ice and mm-hmm. you know it, it was. It, I, I couldn't believe because I was sharpening a pair of skates at the time and then I came out and puck uh, and peeked around. To look at the TV and they're going back to the bench doing the doing the line and Thomas is the guy leading them and I'm like what the hell did I miss here mm-hmm. like you know what I mean I, I I couldn't believe it it was it was to the point where I would have taken Jamie Drysdale to get the goal before I would have taken Akil Thomas because it's like at least you know Drysdale was getting some time yeah, yeah. Tom, like Drysdale was actually you know he had to step up because Byron was out the other day and he he did great yeah you know the uh, final four goals in the period including the Russian goal. All coming in a span of seven minutes. The Russians go up three to one. Um, less than a minute later, Connor McMichael gets them back to within three two. Two minutes later, Bert Hayton ties the game on the power play with a shot that, um, if that shoulder uh, was hurting and and you shot that, I would be terrified to see what that shot looks like at full strength. Uh, I it's not every day. That I see a player play hockey, and I think he reminds me of a guy specifically. Like I think, I think most players are unique, and you know, there's just little differences in them. And and you know, having coached hockey, like I'm sure you can agree with me that y- you notice all the subtle differences, and you can tell players apart pretty easily. And there are a lot of differences, but 
I can't think of the last time a player reminded me of an NHL player as much as Barrett Hayton reminds me of John Tavares. Like, I just, I find the everything about him. I find he's just so calculated, understands the game so well. He knows where to be. Like, nothing gets past him mentally, really. Like, he can, you know, like, he can see what's going on out there. And um, he wants to win. And I think that as time goes on, he's going to get pretty good at, at, you know, that leadership role that John Tavares has found himself in his whole life, basically. Um, you know, I, I love it. I think the I think the Coyotes have a great player there. I remember about a year ago that he was coming up in trade rumors. Barrett Hayton was being talked about as, you know, maybe a guy that, that could be on the block to try and get them some offensive help. And they found a way this summer to bring in Kessel. They found a way to bring in Hall without Hayton's name even coming up. And... For a team that doesn't have a ton of center depth right now, I think Hayden's going to be a, a big difference maker for the Coyotes. Yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, like, you know, obviously he played in the gold medal game, and it's a little different than a Tuesday night in January in the regular season. But it will be interesting to see how he comes back to Arizona, if he's at full strength, if he's going to miss any time. Um, but I, I think it was only positives for him coming over to this tournament oh, for because sure. you know not that he was you know he was always an NHL player the Coyotes just made he the decision sure, to keep yeah. him up all season but he wasn't really producing a lot and that you know a little bit of the ice really. time a little bit of the you know you're 19 years old um, and I think for him to go over and not only be the captain of this team but to win gold with this team to play at the level he did to lead the tournament in the scoring the way he did he's going to go back to Arizona with a mountain of confidence and whether you know it translates or not he's he's going to play that with that you know, spirit the rest of the season I, I would imagine and and he's going to be able to look back on what he achieved these two weeks and 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 hopefully you know he we'll, we'll see him in the playoffs because it yeah. looks you know like Arizona might be uh, a factor there this season well and, and one thing I will say too is you know no slight to Barrett Hayton here but Coyotes have been looking pretty good without him you know, like it's not like they're running. It's not like the running team's over right now. Um, you know, I, I can't honestly. I can't even think of like another team right now. Like the Leafs are, where in a way where it's just like, you know, every night they're coming in and winning. Every night they're coming in and winning. But the Coyotes have been, you know, fairly solid, especially offensively lately. And their issue has been scoring goals much of the year. And to see that their offense is kind of opening up with a guy like Hayton, who you know had such a good showing at the uh at the world juniors it's it, you're right it is good to see and it, it does mean a lot for them moving forward i would think mm-hmm. um uh, hayton you would say an nhl player is there anyone else on that team right now to you that looks like they're ready to play at the nhl level well because that's always my interesting takeaway from this tournament is looking at guys who you know clearly should be in the national hockey league and you know like rasmus sandin is a name Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, definitely. I would think Alexander Romanov's pretty close. I don't think he's there quite yet, but I, uh, I think he is. The, the Canadians but... have a guy in Romanov. I think I think they could get away calling him up this year. It might not go as smooth as they want it to go, but he looks like he's capable of contributing right now. Anyway, one guy that I think has the skill, but maybe just isn't there physically yet. Um, and I was really impressed with him, considering the list of guys on the back end. Jacob Bernard Docker. Um, yeah, really he, impressed me the last he, few games. He yeah, he came a long way through the tournament, and that's one thing I always love. Like that's one thing I love about coaching is watching guys 
take these steps forward and watching them learn like right in front of your eyes kind of thing. And, you know, Bernard Docker was a guy, I think right from day one, you know what I mean? You could see him improve almost, almost on a shift by shift basis. Drysdale was the same thing too. Like I was trashing him how many days ago and Drysdale, you know, he got a little bit better as the tournament got on. I didn't really understand why he made the team. And by like the third period today, I was watching him out there and I'm like, yeah, he deserves to be on this team, Mm -hmm. you know? And I, I think that's, what's fun about it. But I think, yeah, the senators have a guy in Bernard Docker, I would think. Yeah, that defensive core is going to look really good in a few years. Uh, if Ottawa can keep them together, you got Chabot, uh, Brunstrom, and then Bernard Docker. He looks like the perfect pairing guy for Thomas Chabot. Yeah. Like, he looks perfect. Top, top, top minute eater for Canada in the tournament. You know, uh, Byram was not well last game. He wasn't at full capacity this game. and um, They couldn't really lean on him like I think they expected to in the tournament. And, and yeah, at the end of the day, Docker uh, stood, you know, he stood up and he, he kind of took that decor and put him on his back. And uh, I was really impressed with his game all tournament long. Uh, beyond that, I, I think that you know, like Alexa Lafreniere, there's no there's no mm-hmm. question he's going to be in the NHL in, in twenty nine or twenty twenty next season. And uh, you could make the argument that he would be now if you know if he was old enough and drafted. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I think the skill is definitely there. He. He looks like he was just slightly better than everybody around him uh, all tournament long. Got to tell you, as a fan of uh, a team in the uh, Atlantic Division, not uh, not loving the fact that Nolan Foote is looking looking the way he's looking. Yeah, he's he uh, looks pretty damn good to me as well. Yeah, there's there's a lot of guys in this Canada team where I, I think they're really fringe. Uh, Cousins comes to mind. Valeno's obviously in the AHL. He mm-hmm. can make the call. At some point. Valeno is a guy where I know a lot of people have analyzed it. And I was curious to see how he looked this tournament. I, I don't really know if it swayed me one way or another. But Valeno is a guy a lot of people have talked about where they think he's going to be an NHL player. But they have no idea what kind of player he's going to be. He And, and whether yeah. it's going to be like he's a speedy bottom six center that can play 10-12 minutes a night for you. And just like basically be you know, like a Victor Stahlberg type, or if he's going to be a legitimate top six centerman that um, you can play in any situation. Cause there's, he doesn't have a lot of weaknesses, but a lot of people are wondering if he's ever going to really excel at anything other than his skating, which is pretty good. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what happens with him long-term and it. Like it, it goes back to that final question that I had for you for name. That person is, you know, based on the numbers that even the best Canadian teams like, there are a few guys here that this is it. Like, this is going to be the highlight for them. And, um, you know, like, it's just, it's such an interesting tournament in that sense because there's so much optimism, you know what I mean, for those 10 days for these kids when everything goes right. And, and I, I can't even imagine how it feels right now for those for those kids, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, it, it, it's an exhilarating experience, I'm sure. Uh, especially the, like this tournament, we see it every year. The the sways you you're up, then you're down, then you're back up, mm-hmm. and and the roller coaster of emotions that I'm assuming you go through uh, in that in that position is is, is got to be something else. Um, hats off to the Russians. I'll I'll, I'll add as well. Mm-hmm. I, I thought I honestly didn't know if if we were gonna have it you know in in us as a group uh, for the Canadians to. To pull off the gold the way they lost that first game so handedly to Russia, yeah, with uh, the uncertainty around Hayton, with you know Byram back there maybe not at a hundred percent, with you know maybe Lafreniere still isn't at a hundred percent, you know, um, 
I, I was worried. The Russians looked really good alternate long. You know, it's it's no easy task taking down Sweden. Uh, you know, everyone talks about the the winning streak for Sweden and, and how they don't translate it, but it doesn't mean that they're not a, a skilled team. They looked fantastic in the semis and uh, as a close overtime win that the Russians got uh, into the gold medal with. And uh, I, I thought for stretches of this game that they were superior to the Canadians. They looked a little faster. They looked a little stronger. Uh, they were definitely older. The Russians had a, a, about, uh, I think it was nine 19-year-olds on the roster. Um, those were an experienced group of guys. They A lot of them played together last year. A lot of them wanted to win together this year. And uh, I I really wouldn't have had a problem, you know, watching that team win gold. Uh, just, you know, the way that they played all tournament long, the, uh, the way that they, you know, they... They didn't, you know, walk over and win the group. They finished yeah. third in the group, and they well, had to it, kind of it would have it been it would have been one of those years where I think if Canada lost today, that Russia would have won rather than Canada lost. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I think, I think there have been gold medal games that I've seen where a team has blown it and kind of shot themselves in the foot. And I, like you got to be opportunistic to win those games. So when a, an error by one team happens, like if that other team doesn't capitalize, then what the hell does it matter? But I think the Russians, I, I think you're right. Like, I think they played well enough that, you know, if, if Canada doesn't show that extra drive and, and you know, maybe they, they can't bear down quite as well as they did, that I don't know if I would have chalked it up to Canada not having that finish as much as I would say that, you know, Russia played a good game. Like, Russia arguably deserved to win the game too. Mm-hmm. It's possible to have a game where two teams deserve to win, you know, and, and that might have happened today. Yeah. Yeah, and, and especially when the Russians went up three to one there. Uh, yeah, they came out ready to go. Yeah, like they, they weren't. You're up, they you're played up well for about uh, most of the sixty minutes. Exactly. I would say. Yeah, you you had the lead for the last five minutes of the second into the you know first half of the third, and then you you go up further. Like it, it was it wasn't a situation where you know Canada looked bad, but they couldn't get the equalizer, and now Russia's going to you know add on an insurance marker, make it three to one. And I, I, I think you'd be lying at home if you're going to sit there and tell me that you saw the, the comeback coming. Because mm-hmm. that that was an impressive stretch there. The three goals to come as fast as they did for Canada completely turned the game on its head, uh, completely sucked the life out of the Russians. But up until that point, when when Sorkin made it 3-1 to one for the Russians, I didn't see a situation where you know this was going to turn out well for Canada unless they came right back the next shift and made something happen. And that's what they did. And it was the shift after that, and the shift after that, and they just slowly worked the Russians out of the game to the point where, you know, they, they weren't even in a position at the end of the game to, to make a run for it because of they got into some penalty trouble at the end there. And you can you could make the argument that, you know, maybe Canada should have been down two guys instead of four on four with the puck over glass situation there. But that's, that's that, you know, that's how refing works. Sometimes it, it goes yeah. your way, sometimes it doesn't. And, I'm sure there's examples that we can go back to in years previous where you know Canada didn't get the call and Russia did, and this year just it went Canada's way in, in that regard, and and they came out on top. So mm-hmm. four draft eligible players too, which is kind of interesting. I think Youngest we're going to see what's going to happen team here. Ever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Alexi Lafreniere, Quinton Byfield, Jamie Drysdale, and Dawson Mercer all eligible in the 2020 draft. Um, how many will go to the Leafs? Do you think? <laughs> Uh, well, big we fat zero. Considering we don't have a first round pick, big uh, fat zero. Yeah. Uh, most of those are going to go in the top ten. I would say. I would, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
Sweden, we should add, picked up the bronze. Oh, Sweden. Uh, picked up the bronze earlier today. Uh, 3-2 win over Finland. Uh, caught the end of that game. A garbage goal to win it. I felt real yeah. bad for the Finns. Um, well, easy what you say about the Swedes winning the game, though, because um, I am sure that in two years when we are in Gothenburg that our new Swedish friends will be listening back to this episode. Uh, I thought the Swedes uh, deserved to win. They deserved a better fate. Should have won the gold. Should have won the mega gold, if anything. They should have made a new medal for our Swedish friends. We have 52 straight wins, if you don't count the games that matter. (laughs) so uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Sven. I'm yeah. sure the I'm sure the barkeeper that we'll uh, we'll make friends with. So Sweden captures bronze. Russia with the silver, um, and the Germans, as we mentioned, survived to see another year of the World Juniors, which leads me to this. Uns interesting... we're going to Canada, yeah. <laughs> which leads me to this very uh, interesting breakdown for next year's groups. I don't know if you've seen this yet. Yes, you thought we had a group of death this year, uh, Russia. Sweden, USA, Czech Republic, and Austria. Sweden. I uh, I wonder who's going to bring up the reader in that group. Yeah, I saw that group today and I was like, man, is that ever hilarious. Like, you fight and claw to get into that tournament for years and years and years. Your country finally gets there. And you have, like, the second hardest group of the last ten years because, yeah. like, you know, yeah. maybe tied for the hardest. Well, you know. Sweden's going to win every game because they always do. It's fucked. And then you got Russia, USA, and Czech to compete with. It's not great. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to assume that all of Austria's like overagers are not going to be back next year that got them to this round. Right? Yeah, like that that's, always happens. I was thinking about that. Like, how backwards is the fucking like format though? That like you play this year to get in next year. Well, wouldn't you be best served to play, like, the Division One version of this tournament in, like, August? And then you know who's going to be playing in fucking December. Sure. Yeah. And then you literally bring the 10th best world junior team in the world to the fucking championships. And, like, you know. Yeah. Like, it isn't, it's kind of ass backwards, is it not? And this is the way they've always done it. Yeah. it's It doesn't make a lot of sense. No. But I guess it's... I gotta tell you, the IHF, like, every time I'm watching, like, the games, it'll be like, ah, well, this is just a rule, you can't put your foot in the crease, and you're getting a penalty now. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of cool, like, because their rules are black and white. Yeah. There's no interpretation, no. it's like, ah, you got hit with a stick, he's gone. You know, like, there, there's no interpretation, the NHL's just chaos, anything can just happen. Hmm. So, like, you know, like, something bad happens, and then they gotta call Gary Bettman at home, and he's got his phone off the hook. Because you know he's got a landline, he obviously doesn't. You know, it's not like of a. Course. It's not like he turns it he's off. Like it's just off the hook. Yeah. And you yeah. call and it's got that busy signal. You know, I don't know if the kids know what the phones sound like when uh, when someone's on the line already. And you know, he's just sitting there watching. What would he watch? Murder, she wrote. Uh, yeah, that seems something like that. Like a, that like that. Like a you show. know, yeah. drinking drinking his uh, his uh, Chardonnay. Mm. Caviar. I think he's a red guy. Merlot. Red. Might be, yeah. Yeah. Could be, a, could be a Merlot guy. Something red. I, th- I think so. Red to replace the blood that he doesn't have. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Uh, vampire guy. Uh, group A, just to wrap this, this point up. Canada, Finland, Switzerland, Slovakia, Germany. Um, I like Germany for third place in that group next I'm gonna year. I'm going to want to drink your blood, Devils fans. Sorry. You like Germany for third place? I- 
What's the group again? Canada, Finland, Swiss, Slovakia, Germany. Swiss, Slovakia. Nothing against the Swiss, but I, I think that they're... Wouldn't you think we're going to beat the Swiss yet? They're losing a lot of their players from this year. They looked great this year, but they you know couldn't make it happen. And they're going to... Those German 17-year-olds are all coming back next year. You don't... Don't tell me that all three of them are going to the NHL like in, their, that's, in their first year. So. That's the fun thing about the way that this tournament's gone too, right? Is like, you look at that group 10 years ago, and Canada might score like 30 goals in those four games. But like, you look at it now, and it's like, yeah, I mean, like, they might go 4-0. Yeah. But those are pesky teams. Like, yeah. Switzerland has a way of making things interesting, especially against Canada. F- Finland, I've, I've learned to not, you know, doubt them. Yeah, I don't. I've, yeah. I used to be a doubter, and I do not anymore. They got more gold medals in the past six years than Sweden does in the history of their program. Uh, like, Sweden. Um, Finland's come a long way. They're they're a legitimate threat. Uh, we don't we don't talk about the big four anymore. I think it's the big five. So, um, yeah, eh? I think so. Yeah, I think so. At this at this level, for sure. Maybe the Olympics, it's a little tougher. They don't have the depth. But at this tournament. I think Finland's here. They're, they've arrived. I think they're here to stay. I've always wondered why that is, too. Like, how come Finland doesn't churn out more NHL players? It's not that they don't churn out a lot, but it's just like, you know. Yes. You're right. Like, at the international level, they don't have the depth. But I've always wondered, like, why is that? Because, yeah. like, Russia, it makes sense, right? Like, Russia, you look at their teams and you're like, oh, there's not a lot of depth. But it's like, well, yeah, it's because you haven't heard of half these guys because they're stars on the other side of the world. They're mm-hmm. not stars in the National Hockey League, so you're not familiar with these guys. But they're, it's a good team. And it's the defense in Finland, I find. For the longest time, you could never fill out a six-man back end of NHL guys mm-hmm. without really scraping the Peter Bozics off the bottom of the barrel. But He's um, checked, oh, I'm aware. It's just, just you a need reference to... to the skill. Uh, who's a bad Finnish defense? Oh, Jan Ruda. O.C. Vanninen? Jan Ruda. You go to the Olympics and Jan Ruda's playing like 24 minutes. Tony Lidman's back there on the first pair. Yeah, Tony Lidman be like a number one pairing guy. Yeah. O.C. O.C. Vanninen was, was okay for a while. When Aki Bird Yanni was making the Olympic team. You remember Yanni, Yanni Laukinen? Yeah. <laughs> was Yanni Ninema Finnish or was he Swedish? It sounds Finnish to I me. I think he was actually Swedish. Yanni, yeah, every once in a while, there are names that trip me up if it's Finnish or Swedish. Uh, Yanni Ninema from Yahi, Ra, sorry, Ra, Ra, from Finland. <laughs> there you go, don't hurt yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, what team was Yanni Ninema drafted by? Islanders. Flyers. Really? Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, uh, we shift next year to Edmonton. Uh, and Red well, Deer. literally, we shift. Well, I think I'm going. I'm open, I don't know I'm about open, you. I'm open to go. Yeah, I'm pretty down. Um, and I guess that's a wrap on the 2020 World Juniors. Um, biggest surprise? Did you have a, a moment that really took you back? Or? The U.S. being as poorly coached as they were, yeah, yeah. for sure. Like, they, they were my pick to win the tournament, and I still think they had the team to do it. And I I don't I don't know what it is, like. I don't really have much of a comment. Like on, I, I just think that that was a poorly coached team, and it caught up with them. Because hmm. I really don't have another answer. They had a good team. They got good players. Um, they got a lot of future NHL stars on that team for sure. Yeah. But uh, for me, I'm going to say uh, all of Group B at one and one after the second uh, day. Uh, that was pretty cool. That was really that was the first time that's happened. Um, Really made for some interesting tie-breaking scenarios. You know me; I love my 
well, what's going to happen if this happens and yeah. they win? And Yeah, again, like the tournament's come a long way from Canada blowing out France 16 to nothing and France still not finishing yeah. last in the pool. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> the depth was so bad. Well, when you, when you consider the fact that we went into the last day with a chance that Russia could be relegated and here and they, they end are up winning going to the silver. gold medal, yeah. 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 Uh, definitely a lot of, a lot of intrigue in, 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 in regards to, uh, um, you know how that played out, and and just what could have happened uh, going into the last day. You know, how, how often is it we go into that last day of the tournament, uh, New Year's Eve, and the only thing to look forward to is oh the U.S. and Canada are going to play, and the winner gets the division. Uh, it's not the case anymore. Mm-hmm. You know we go into those last days, and it's well, you Germany might you know well, someone needs a point, and yeah, and yada yada. But um, I think that was the biggest surprise for me was you know, everybody being tied after day two. Okay, well I guess that's a. Uh, that's a wrap on the World Juniors, and my favorite time of the year is over, and uh, I'm going to go uh, cry every night at work. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's it's emotional. You know how people get upset when Christmas is over? This is this is me. This is what signifies Christmas being over, is the World Juniors ending to me. You know what I mean? I don't know. It was always a good thing growing up that my dad's birthday is the same day as Gold Medal Sunday, or mm-hmm. Monday, or whatever it ends up falling on. So at least it was something well, happy to look forward to. At it the end used of the day. to be like just the Sunday or the Monday, and they would kind of stretch it out in a weird way depending on the year. But now it's just January fifth. Like yeah. they've just agreed like whatever day of the week it's Boxing Day to January fifth. Yeah, I do kind of miss the years, and I understand why they don't. I'm not saying that they should start doing it doing it again. But as a fan, I do miss when the tournament started Christmas Day. Hmm. I enjoyed watching that on Christmas Day. It was, it was great, oh. but. Yeah. You know, not good for ratings. Not, I would imagine. Not great for the kids, you know. No. Um, okay, so uh, that uh, brings us to uh, some good news. Some some happy news. No. Uh, Corey Perry. Ugh. See you later. Ugh. Take a seat, bud. You're going back to Anaheim? No, you're not. See ya. Uh, what was interesting about last week were, was that this had happened earlier that day. Like when we did the episode last week. And so... There's a literal, because I had to edit the episode, so I heard all of last week's episode. There's a literal quote, I'm calling myself out, a literal quote by me being like, oh, I'm not that, uh, you know, that anti-Cory Perry. I think Cory Perry's, uh, you know, not that dirty of a guy, and I'm like going off about how, like, I don't hate Cory Perry. I'd seen the hit. Hmm. What the hell was I thinking? <laughs> I don't know. Um... Why would I say that? So he gets five games. Yeah, uh, good, good. The 800-mile walk of shame back that to the That was the greatest room. thing. Now, I'm sure you saw many of the memes of him walking back to yes. the dressing room. What was your favorite edit? What was the favorite song that, that, that you saw edited in? Um, probably the walk 500 miles one. Oh, I didn't see that one. Yeah. That's a good that one. That one was... Was there he was one... Like, he was right to the beat, too. It was pretty funny. Yeah. Was there one of Vanessa Carlton's A Thousand Miles? Because I didn't see that one. I that, didn't that, see that, no. That would be good. Yeah, Someone no, should have done that. Didn't see that one. Could have done enough... Walk by Foo Fighters. Yeah. Walking in Memphis. Walk hard. Um, <laughs> there was definitely enough to go to round, for, for I, sure. I, I liked it. It was real simple, but, but it was really, like, it was really current. I, I liked the one that they did where it was him walking back to the dressing room, and it was... Uh, uh, it was the penalty song from the World Juniors. Oh, that yeah. da, 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 sounds like a fucking jack in a box. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, 
uh, the puck soup boys mentioned that being the top in the top three moments of the uh, outdoor uh, winter classic uh, all time. Uh, the walk of shame by Corey Perry. I I would tend to agree. To be yeah. honest with you, like the games are never bad. Like that, that's a funny thing. Like they've had a lot of really good luck with these winter classics. They're usually close games, and um, they're actually good games. Like that's the funny thing. Yeah, usually. But, usually, yeah. Yeah, that is. It, it was pretty high up there though. That was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, I've never seen a player get kicked out of the winter classic before. <laughs> True. I don't think it's has it ever happened. I've, well, I've seen guys get injured and they have to walk back. Sure, but, but like, that's different. Yeah. Like you know, this was literally and like two when minutes you, into the game, when you get hurt, yeah. you're with like doctors and like you know what I mean. Like it's a serious situation. If it's far enough. Sure, exactly. Yeah. It's a serious situation. Whereas this was uh, just a guy being like, "All right, go shower up. Yeah, call us when you get there, so we know you made it." Okay. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> No kidding. Um, There's not even team officials down there, you know. So Perry gets five games. Were you surprised at the length of the suspension? Um, no, no. Honest. Well, I mean, I'm surprised. Were you surprised in the show game? I'm five surprised games? in the sense that I agree, and I think it's a perfect number. Like, I don't think it's worth any more than that. Um, I don't think it's worth any less than that. I do kind of believe him when he says that he wasn't meaning to do it because like i don't think that he was when you watch it i don't like he wasn't really necessarily aiming for that but he was he he did it <laughs> like that's where you hit him didn't he? that's part of it right so um it kind of goes back to the nolan foot thing like you know the hit happened you gotta call it it doesn't mean that you know that's what you were trying to do but um yeah it's it's still it's where he got him it doesn't matter if he was intending to do it or not and, uh, yeah, uh, I, I think it's a perfect number because Ellis is going to be out for a while. They're, they're not sure if it's going to be long-term or short-term. Um, but he did nothing to put himself in a situation where he should have been expecting something like that. Uh, I think he knew Corey Perry was coming. I don't think he knew Corey Perry was coming at that angle, and that's pretty fair. So yeah. uh, He'll have to wait now until April 1st um, when the Dallas Stars make a, a second California road trip to uh, – for his return to Anaheim, third yeah, last hate game to of the year. see it. Yeah, so he missed uh, he missed uh, Saturday night's game against Detroit. Um, he will miss uh, L.A., Anaheim, San Jose, and Colorado all on the road. Uh, won't be eligible to return until the 16th of January against Buffalo. Um, as much as I don't love the guy, um. I'm I'm upset for Ducks fans that maybe bought the tickets to see him yes. come back. Yes, you know, I am. Like um, that, that, that is, is a really shame. Shitty for, that is a for shame to be that honest with you. About that. And, yeah. and for the for the Ducks as well, who you know aren't having a great season, it was probably going to be a, a nice moment to you know celebrate one of their you know better players in franchise history. And it it would have been a particularly interesting ceremony too, because like Corey Perry didn't get to celebrate a thousand games as a member of the Ducks. He he did it as a member of the Stars. Mm-hmm. And that kind of sucks because he played out 977. I can't do the math. Like, yeah. like No, I think it was like 990 games mm. as an Anaheim Duck. And, you know, like this would have been... Uh, I know he celebrated his thousand games already, but this would have been a good opportunity to do the Silver Stick moment. Do it in Anaheim. Give a little speech in front of what is essentially, you know, your home crowd and... Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't um, like he he wanted to leave. Uh, he got no bought out. Yeah, it, you know, it, it was. He just yeah. went where someone offered him the money, and 
Yeah. I don't think anyone in, in Anaheim can really... Like, if, if you were a fan of him, I don't think you can hold any grudges about how it ended. No. So, uh, that, that is unfortunate. You're still, for... you're still talking. Like, this is a thing. Is like, a lot of people, a lot of younger people don't even really think about this. Like, you know, you, you might be even too young to remember is that Corey Perry in the late 2000s, early 2010s was one of the most consistent goal scorers in the NHL. Yeah. And until about 2015... Um, you know, this was legitimately like one of the best players in the NHL. And we're not, we're talking about a guy who's past his prime now, but this is a guy who's had a lot of great NHL moments and, um, yeah, it sucks for him. But at the end of the day, you know, you, you got to lay in the bed that you make. And, um, this is, you know, I think it's a fair suspension and, um, you know, if it, uh, if, uh, if you're worried about playing in front of your home crowd, then don't go out there throwing elbows. Yeah. You know? 988 games as a duck. Yeah. Uh, just for those that didn't want to do the math. Um, so me. Do you... Uh, the guy's 34 years old. He'll be 35 by the end of the season. He can't, in all realism, he can't keep playing the way he does at the level he produces and expect to, you know, be an NHL player for much longer. Do you... Do you think? Do you hope anyway that this is some sort of wake up call for the guy that you know maybe he tries to take a different approach to how he plays? Or yeah, I, I don't see much of a career left for him if he's running around doing stuff like this. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know essentially any players that play in the National Hockey League. <laughs> I have met a handful of them, uh, but I would say even interviews or or just what I read, what I hear, what I know. Uh, I don't know anything about Corey Perry as a person. I, I really don't, to be honest with you. I've heard very limited interviews with him and stuff like that. I just know that when he wasn't throwing cheap shots, that he played hockey exactly the way that I strived to play when I was younger, minus the cheap shots. So um, I've always loved him. I, I, I thought he was a great player. And um, I, I wish him the best, but you're right. You're like This... At some point, he's going to need to make an adjustment here if he wants to stay in the league. And um, either way, time isn't on his side. We'll see if that matters to him. Yeah, yeah. Um, the NHL has released its list of all stars that will be uh, <laughs> participating in this year's All Star Game. Where, in St. Louis. where is it? St. Louis. St. Louis. Uh. Um, we'll quickly dive through the uh, the the teams here. Um, of course, these are always subject to change when, you know, injuries and guys that sit out. Um... I have an activity for us for next week. Oh, goody. Okay. Sure. Because I'm curious to know where you lie on this. I'm going to make my list. You're going to make your list. We're going to rank the 31, well, 32? Should we involve Seattle? Let's say 32 teams in the NHL. We're going to rank first to last what city you'd rather play in the most to the least. And I want to compare our lists. Okay. Okay? Yeah. Because my point is that I'm sure St. Louis is a fine city. But if I were a player in the Eastern Conference that only goes to St. Louis once a year, I don't know if I'd be fishing for a second time. <laughs> so, so you're saying if you're a, if you're a, a hypothetical free agent and you had one offer well, from every team, which one are you taking? <laughs> yeah, and it's like all the same money. Like it, yeah. you know what I mean? Say you're a star player. And, like, situation doesn't matter that much, you know? No family, no kids. No. Uh, 
No. Well, actually, I think it'd be better if I'm a younger okay. if I'm a younger player, maybe, and I still have a chance at a cup, but I want to go somewhere and so make you, a name for myself. You're, you're a college guy that didn't get drafted, yes. and you get to choose yes. wherever you want to go. That's exactly right. it. Where do I want to go to start my career and, and carve everything out? Like, playing time and roster aside, like, we're going to say I'm good enough to play no matter what. I'm just, good enough. Just the city. I'm, I'm Tyler Bozak. Yeah. I'm going to make any fucking team. It doesn't matter. Your teammates don't matter. Where am I going? coach doesn't matter. When, the more we talk about that, the funnier it is that Tyler Bozak chose Toronto in 2000. <laughs> yes, <it laughs> Why did really he is. pick that fucking team? But, uh, yeah, no, I want to know your thoughts. Anyway, like, the yeah, the All-Star game being in St. Louis, like, that's fine. There's, it, it is kind of neat just because they're the worse. Cup, right? Like, yeah. it's... It's not we're just going to Florida this year because yeah. Florida won the bid. Like it is yeah. kind of cool that they're the defending champ, uh, defending champ. It's gonna be interesting to see uh, if Winnipeg ever gets an All Star game. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, buddy. Um, Would you go? No. I don't think I'd no, go either. I wouldn't. Uh, I think I'd go just to hopefully run into the boys out on the town one night, buy some shots for Shark Club. shots for yeah. Johnny Gaudreau or something. Yeah. Because that's a guy you'd recognize out of the, at the bar for sure. I'd fuck up Look, his night. Like one shot, he one shot, he wouldn't be able to play the next yeah, day. Yeah, no kidding. Breakaway challenge, you fall on his ass yeah. is his trick. Howling. Yep. Um, the... Do you think Johnny Goudreau's a cool guy? No. Yeah, I don't. I don't really see it either. No. Stays in, plays video games on the road. And, yeah. Yeah. That's all that's, I got on. That's, that's all what I we just... do. So maybe we're not cool guys. Did we play video games on the road? No, just we we play video games. That's not really a reason. Well, yeah, I guy. do, but yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I should change my outlook on life. Yeah, yeah. It's a good wholesome thing to do while you're spending time at home for sure. Yeah. Keeps you out of trouble. Well, those violent video games have caused me to go insane and, and murder everyone in my family. So you play a lot of violent video games? No, not really. No, no I haven't bought a GTA since I was like 15. <laughs> I don't think so. I, not even then, really. I don't know. The, what, how old? The last one I bought was San Andreas, I think. You never played the, the GTA Five, eh? No, I, th- I I must have, but I don't think I played it much. Like I'm, I definitely played it. I definitely played it. Ones. No, no. See, I was a big I yeah I was a big San Andreas guy. I liked Vice City a lot. Mm. I actually I probably played more Vice City than San Andreas, okay. but I never really did the missions too much. So I'd only get like a third of the city. You know what I mean? You'd go to the bridge and there's the fucking <laughs> roadblocks and can't go over there, and it's like. Yeah, I guess I'm fucked. Yeah. So then you'd steal a helicopter, you'd fly literally halfway across the bridge, and then get shot down, and then that's it. And then somehow wake up in the hospital like six hours later, and you're fine. Five thousand dollars spent out of your pocket. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that was the fine for that was the medical stealing bills. a police helicopter and getting shot down in the middle of the river. Yeah. And yeah, that was it for the medical bills. Like this is in the states, isn't it? Hypothetically, Jesus. Uh, the Atlantic Division All-Stars. Um, Tyler Bertuzzi. I guess someone had to go from Detroit. Anthony Duclair. Yeah. Good for him. After, you know, a, a year ago being told he can't play NHL hockey. Yeah, part of me cheers against Anthony Duclair because uh, I was on Torts' side in that argument and now I just refuse to admit that I'm wrong about Anthony mm. Duclair. However, I will say that I uh, at one point definitely thought Anthony Duclair was a pretty good prospect and thought he had some pretty good offensive ability. So, I like him. I mean, part of me does think that this was always kind of there, but I, I don't know. I am I am shocked. Really interested to see if he keeps it up. Moving yeah. forward. Uh, but Jack- he definitely deserves to be there. There's no doubt about it. Well, 
again, someone has to go from Ottawa. Is him so. or the guy that plays 40 of the 60 minutes a night, and right. I didn't mean one of their goalies. Yeah. Uh, Jack Eichel from Buffalo. Jonathan Huberto, his first uh, time at the All-Star Game from Florida. Hmm. Uh, Austin Matthews will be there from Toronto. David Pasternak is the captain of the uh, Atlantic team. Uh, really? Victor, yeah. Uh, Victor Hedman from the Lightning. That's weird. Shea Weber's seventh All-Star Game uh, going for the Canadians. Uh, Tuka Rask gotta go. from Boston. And Freddie Anderson's first appearance in the All-Star Game yeah. uh, as he goes with the Leaf, uh, from the Leafs. Uh, the Metro, you got Matty Barzell from Long Island. Uh, Jake Gensel making his first, well, I guess he won't be going. Definitely <clears throat> Definitely will not be nope. there. Uh, Kyle Palmieri from the Devils. Uh, Artemi Panarin. Uh, get this, Artemi Panarin, first All-Star appearance. Never went as a Blue Jacket, never went as a Blackhawk. Wasn't it in Columbus? It was. Uh, mind you, he might have been in Chicago still at that point, but... Um, Travis Konechny from Where was it last year? Was it in San Jose last year? Yeah. I thought that was two years ago now. Travis Konechny from the Flyers. John Carlson, uh, well uh, well deserved for him out of Washington. Dougie Hamilton, his first All-Star game from Carolina. Uh, Seth Jones. Good for Dougie Hamilton. Yeah. He's he's a guy I'm happy he kind of proved me wrong. Because I remember talking like last year that I was like kind of not sold on him. And he is, uh, he I, I'm sold. Yeah, he's great. No, for sure, he's really good. Um, Braden Holtby, uh, James's favorite movie, Zoolander, on TV right now. By the way, sure. Yeah, uh, Braden Holtby, and uh, uh, it still lists Jonas Corposalo as being the goaltender, but I don't think he'll be there for the Blue Jackets. Is there no better option in that uh, division? Oh, it's just got to be a Blue Jacket. Well, no, because they got Seth Jones. Why is he going? Corpusella wasn't doing that great, was he? I don't know. Like, I would imagine Tristan Yari should go at this point if he's not going to be the replacement. Uh, Carter Hart could probably make an appearance. I wouldn't take him to the Devils goalies. Yeah, <laughs> Carter Hart should be going. Yeah, definitely. I don't know. Yeah, probably no one else in that division, but Carter Hart should be going over Corpusella. That's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. I don't know. I don't get it. Hmm. Um, the Central, you got Patty Kane, his... Uh, League-leading ninth All-Star game. Wow. Uh, Nathan McKinnon will be there as the captain of the Central team. Brian O'Reilly from St. Louis. Mark Scheifele of the Jets. Tyler Sagan. So we'll have to see which one of them leaves the ice first uh, in his sixth All-Star game. Uh, Eric Stahl. His Maybe they'll leave the ice together. Hand-in-hand. Hand. <laughs> end, end the dispute. That'd be you know? funny. Bury the hatchet. They should do that for sure. Yeah. Uh, local boy Eric Stahl will be there from Minnesota. Nice. His, his sixth All-Star game. Uh, Roman Yossi from Nashville, Alex Petrangelo, uh, Jordan Binnington will be there for his first All-Star game, and Connor Hellebuck from the Winnipeg Jets will be there as well. What a fucking weird couple of dudes to yeah, be playing in net no together. Uh, the Pacific, finally, we got Logan Couture from San Jose, Leon Dreisaitl from Edmonton, big shocker there, uh, Anze Kopitar from the Kings, Connor McDavid will captain the team. Elias Pedersen out of Vancouver. Wait, Connor McDavid or Connor McMichael? Uh, David McMichael. Wait, Connor McHarrison. No. Uh, Elias Pedersen will be there from Vancouver. Jacob Silverberg's first All-Star game as he represents the Anaheim Ducks. Matthew Kachuk's first All-Star game. Mark Giordano will be there. Jacob Markstrom will be there. Uh, and uh, we'll have to see if Darcy Kemper's back up and running by the time the All-Star game kicks off or not, uh, but he is slated to be there. Um, 
NHL also has its list of last man in. Should we should we do our votes right now? Do our votes? You want to vote? Yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's vote. Okay. Right. So you got to rhyme them off to me because yeah. I don't know. So you get to pick one of these guys from the Atlantic Division, um, which I don't really understand how this works because there's one defenseman on this list, and I'm assuming like it's not going to be him because they've already got enough defensemen. But I, I don't know. I don't know how this works. Yeah, I don't really know how they're doing that. Um, I don't really think they seem to care. So Patrice Bergeron from Boston, Rasmus Dahlin from uh, Buffalo, Dylan Larkin, who publicly stated, uh, please don't vote for me. Um, Alexander Barkov from Florida, Max Domi out of Montreal, Jean-Gabriel Pajot from Ottawa, Steve. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta cut you off. Like, do you, do you have a problem with what Larkin said? Not at all. I don't, I don't, like either. Like people are like, people are outraged by it, and it's like, well, eventually, like if he does this every year and he's a star in this league for ten years and he does it every year, I'd have a problem with it eventually. I think. I think it's like, okay, you should go. Because there are people who want to see you go. Like, there are kids that want to see you go. And, like, especially if it's in Detroit ever. Like, you gotta go. But I think right now, like, if, if he decides that he wants to take that week off, sure. Like, it's your option. This is your honor. And if you don't want to take the honor, then don't. You know, like, I, I don't really think it's anyone's fucking obligation to go to these. Well, I'd, and... I'd be curious to see, like, if he had been the pick over Bertuzzi. And this wasn't a last man vote situation. Would he be going, or would he be pulling an Alex Ovechkin and just taking the one game suspension and right. taking the time off? Yeah. Um, but I like the I, honesty. I, I really don't care. He does. He doesn't want to go, and I bet you a lot of people are gonna. I mean, like, if we're being quite honest with you, he is the fucking worst option to go anyway. Part of me wants to vote for him just to fuck with him, but <laughs> maybe I might vote Larkin here. I don't know. Yeah. Fuck him. Uh, but I agree with him. Steven Stamkos out of Tampa, and Mitch Marner uh, from the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, who's your guy? Who's your pick? Uh, maybe Bergeron. To just that way he's a little more worn down come playoff time. Oh, okay. Yeah. I see where you're I think I'm going to – I might vote Bergeron here. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Honestly, part like if I'm being quite honest with you, part of me kind of want wants to vote Pajot, just given everything that he's had to fucking deal with over the last year and a half, you know, that – didn't know if he was ever going to play hockey again. Now he's having the best season of his career. I think that there's something to be said for that. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, Steven Stamko is talking about one of the best goal scorers of all time. Um, I don't know. It's a tough one. I, I would pick Pajot probably. I, I like I like Mitch because I think he'd have just fun energy at the All-Star see, Mitch, game. See, Mitch would be... Mitch is the guy you want to see there. Like, yeah. Mitch would have fun. Domi would have fun, I think. Like, I think Domi would be fun. Yeah, well, yeah... See, Justin Bieber's... I don't know if you've heard about the Bieber thing that they're doing with him and Bennington. They, he got called out on, on social yeah. media and they're going to do like a shootout thing together. Oh, so Bieber's going to go to this? Yeah. So, so here's my question to you just quickly about Bieber. Is, isn't it weird or you just don't see or hear from him for a year and now all of a sudden it's like every day I know exactly what he's doing. Like he's just like... He's on the Leafs roster now and now he's going to the All-Star game and it's like... I, I haven't heard from you in like a year and a half. Like where have you been? Is everything good? Sure. And now he's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm in the NHL now. Okay. I've been, I've been playing Division Three for cool. the last year. Not I'm, recording music. Not going to lie to you. I know, like, the chirps would fly like never before. Pretty down for Bieber to be our Drake. 
If he's just around the Leafs all the time, I think it's hilarious. He spent the last few games. Yeah, let's do it. I think it's great. The yeah. guy's mint. But I think it'd be funny if if Mitch went because I could see a scenario where like Bieber's out on center ice and he's calling Mitch and Austin over. Yeah. Like, hey boys, like yeah. what, what should I do? Three on all, right? Yeah. What's my move, right? And they're coaching yeah. them, and that'd be funny. But uh, so yeah, that's your Atlantic last man and options. Put Austin in a suit behind the bench and just have him like yeah. fucking giving uh, giving Bieber Soak notes that and hair stuff. Back and, yeah. yeah. The beeps, I think. Dump it in, get in the corner, you know, sh- throw, show some grit, show some jam. <laughs> jam up the works, you know? <laughs> you, know? Uh, the, you don't get the greatest hands, you know? Dump it in so. on net and uh, go in and snow him in the face, you know? It's what we used to do. Jesus. Stir the pot. Uh, the Metro Division. Last yeah. man in... Oh, so who are you voting? Who are we voting? I, I think Pajot's my guy. Okay. I, just, I think Marner's the fun option. Pajot's I, I, the right option. I'm going to vote Marner. Yeah. I think okay. it'll be fun. Uh, okay, the Metro. You get one pick here. Tevu Teravainen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick Foligno. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, That's... Yeah. Wow. Uh, Nico Hishir. Brock Nelson. Why, like, why even make it Foligno? Like, why don't you just make it, like, a kid who might go and have some fun? Foligno doesn't want to go. Felino's got kids. One of them's yeah. sick. Like he wants to stay at home. Dubois would be a pretty good option. He'd have fun. Yeah. Wierenski? is he healthy? Probably not. Um, Nico Heischer from the Devils. Brock Nelson from the Islanders. Mika Zabinajad from the Rangers. Wow. Claude Giroux from the Flyers. Uh, always snubbed award season. Chris Letang mm. and T.J. Oshie. I'm voting Mika. That's like that's a that's a runaway on that one to me. Oh, yeah. I don't even think that. Yeah, I mean, I do like Giroux, Latang, and Oshi. They're all cool guys. They'd be fun on on All Star Weekend. Um, but I think Giroux's earned one off. Uh, I think Latang needs all the rest he can get for the rest of the season. And I like Zabinajad better than Oshi. So I think Zabinajad genuine, genuinely deserves to go in the sense that I think casual hockey fans need to learn his name. Because I think he's uh, a, a really young, exciting player in a, in a massive market. And is going to be a big part of that rebuild, I think, once it comes around. He's going to be a veteran player by that time. And, um, yeah, I, 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 I vote Mika Zabinijad. I think he's, quite honestly, the face of the New York Rangers. And one of the biggest teams in the world. Well, other than Hank. Mm-hmm. But that goes without saying. So. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I, I think I'd take Zabinijad as well. Yeah. No one's really popping out to me there. Cool. Uh, the Central, uh, Jonathan Taves, Kale McCarr, mm. Jamie Benn, Ryan Suter, nope. Matt Duchesne, nope. David Perron, or mm. Patrick Laine. Who you got? Perron, I think. I think Laine's going to have more than enough opportunities to go. I don't think David Perron's going to have another opportunity to go, and I certainly know for a fact he's never going to have another opportunity to go in St. Louis. So I'm going Perron because I think he's worked real hard to get where he where he is. Um, but Makar is also a good option. Make it four blues for me at the All Star game as well. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I just don't. I think they've earned it. To be honest with you, like, yeah. And you know what? You know what's cool about it is, um, <laughs> like, it's still kind of resting for them because they're just at home. Yeah, like they can just they don't have to go out and get drunk. They can just go home after the thing and rest and yeah. hang out. This this is something that you you're trying to sell to the people that go to these things. Well, it's, it's gonna be Blues fans. 
put the guy they want to see in. Yeah. Like, no disrespect to any of the guys in the list, but like, it's in St. Louis. Just send the St. Louis kid. Like, yeah. Wh- why not? The kid. Yeah. Uh, the Pacific Division rounding things out. Ryan Getzlav, Clayton Keller, Johnny Goudreau, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, in case you wanted the third best offensive threat from the Oilers. Hopkins. Uh, Drew Doughty, Thomas Hurdle, Quinn Hughes, and Max Pacioretty. Hmm. I think I'm going Clayton Keller. Clayton Keller, eh? Yeah. I don't know. Most, again, not a lot of interesting names. Uh, I don't know. Eh. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go Quinn Hughes. Yeah, only, I'm thinking about that only too. Only because apparently the uh, Pacific only has one defenseman on the roster right now. Ooh. So I am not really down to watch uh, Connor McDavid play defense at the All Star game three on three. Okay, games, so yeah, you sold me. I'm going yeah, Quinn Hughes. So yeah. I'm I'm going Marner, Zabinajad, Perron, and Hughes. No Peugeot. No. No Peugeot. Okay. Yeah, I'm going Peugeot, Zabinajad, uh, Perron, and Hughes. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So there it is. I wish there were a way I could just send Line A, too. But yeah, well. Yeah. I guess I could. That's how it works. I could just not vote for Perron and cancel your vote out. Okay. But. Well, that's the all-star teams that we won't be watching. Um, oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> no. Actually, that'd be the perfect day to do the uh, the Oscar uh, preview <laughs> episode. is because I won't be doing anything else that day. Certainly won't be watching the all-star game. When is the all-star game? I don't know. <laughs> I like that we just spent like 10 minutes voting on this, like 20 minutes talking about the All-Star game. NHL All-Star game, NHL. I'm going to guess the 25th. 25th. There it is. Okay. Okay. Cool. Uh, your coaches, did you say the coaches? I'm assuming it's just the division leaders. Uh, the you got Reardon, Cassidy, Barube, and Gallant. Yeah, so, so um, interesting fact is that uh, some of those coaches may not be leading the division by the time of the All-Star game. But um, Boston and Vegas both in a little bit of hot water lately with some teams on their ass. Man, I, uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, I'm, I'm getting real excited for when Toronto passes Boston in the standings. But then I keep forgetting that Tampa Bay is just going to pass us. So we're getting Boston in the first round again. So that's... Yeah, what's up with Tampa, man? Seven in a row. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they're starting to cash in on those uh, games banked. Yeah. Whole baby. Yeah. Finally uh, got some rest. Yeah, some shut eye. They are coming in hot. At least 9-0-1 over their last uh, 10. But still have not gained any separation from Tampa, uh, oddly enough. So. Yeah, that division turning into what we thought it would be. Yeah. They are. And, and you know what? Who they thought we were. You know, Florida and Buffalo and I guess even the Habs, they're they're hanging around. Like, it's going to be tough, tough sell to get a, a, a wild card spot with the Metro being as deep as it is. But any one of those teams could sneak into the third spot and not really surprise me. Yeah. But I guess we'll have to see how it plays out. Um, yeah, I think that's everything I had to say about... The week. Yeah. I was going to ask you, do you, do you think Vegas... I mean, Vegas has been playing well, but is, is Vegas leading that division by the time the All-Star game comes? I think so. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Um, Arizona just lost their starting goalie. Uh, be tough to see if they can hang on to that spot. True. Uh, Vancouver, I think, you know, they'll they'll keep chugging along, but I don't think they're a threat to closing on Vegas. Okay. But... Uh, yeah, cool. St. Louis has a comfy lead. Washington has a comfy lead. So, okay. Yeah. Well, speaking of comfy, I'm gonna get comfy. 
I'm going sure. to shut her down here. Okay. Uh, that's it for Laced Up this week. Follow us on Twitter. You can like us on whatever. I don't know. Uh, we're on uh, Stitcher, Spotify, Portugal, something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. All those great sites. Yeah, I don't know. You, you found us. Happy Gold Medal Day. Like, to be honest with you, if you're listening to this and you don't know where to find it, just text me. Like we're well, no, hang on. You might be a guest in a person's car that is driving you somewhere. Stefan, maybe Sam Tamlin's whipping someone around in the the whip. And I did get two requests for "Live in La Vida Loca" and one for Estefan. Uh, so we will have to honor those requests at some point okay. this season. Yeah, um, uh, I should add also that uh, we will be sh- starting a campaign uh, in the near future. Didn't talk about this. Um, if anyone can find. John Chozik's burner account on Twitter. Oh, yes. Please let us know. We will have uh, rewards, yeah. um, prizes to be handed out. Yeah. Um, we're going to get that campaign going uh, pretty soon here. But please, Twitter, do your magic. Help us find this guy. He's lost. He needs our help. Oh, he's and, wanted. Uh, he's the most <laughs> wanted man in, in John, Canada. John, John Chozik, the most wanted man uh, on the podcast. I'm excited to... Uh, to get him on America's Most Wanted, and uh, I'm just gonna tell John Walsh that he's like a serial killer. And wow, um, yeah, no, no, <laughs> let's reel that plan back. Yeah, a little no, bit. no. Yeah, I tell John Walsh that. Well, I'll just get him in on the joke. Maybe is a little bit more of a that way to go about it. Better. Let's get John Walsh in on the joke. And I'll tell just, you what, you, know, you get a hold of John Walsh before someone finds John's burner account, and there might be a problem with our John plan. John Walsh contact. Yeah, probably hard to get a hold of him, I would think. Eh? I, I would hope. Three, three, literally, I typed in John Walsh contact, and the first result I got, three ways to contact John Walsh of America's Most Wanted. Jesus. What? I think, but I think because he takes in a lot of the tips. You know Even, what I mean? Or like a lot of the, you know what I mean? Like he, he actually like works the phones a bit. Given that. that he's actively trying to get people caught though, Maybe not someone that you should be able well, that, to access Well, that's what's interesting easily. about John Walsh, right? Do you like John Walsh? I like John Walsh. I haven't given John Walsh the time of day in a while. Well, he's a good no guy. No offense, I just don't care anymore. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I haven't watched that in a long time. His birthday's on Boxing Day. Hmm. How old do you think John Walsh is? 62. 74. Jesus. How fucked is that? That's pretty wild. I mean, like, he was 62 when I was, like, 10, I thought... I guess well, yeah, it would have been close. Okay. Okay. Cool. You good? Yeah, I'm fine. You good? All right. Well, uh, we'll see you next week. Bye bye. I'm telling you, this place is perfect. You're gonna make friends in no time. Get me out of here! Here, just eat that. Leave us alone.
ponder all the questions But just manage to miss the mark Casino 